Section three of the National Geographic Magazine, Volume seven, August eighteen ninety six. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Marianne Spiegel. Geographic History of the Piedmont Plateau by W. J. McGee. Monticello is the northernmost knob of a low mountain range. It overlooks a fair and fertile plain, glorious in vernal verdure, and the promise of a rich harvest of golden grain and purple grapes in autumn. The plain is not monotonously smooth. Here it undulates in graceful swells, there it dips into rocky river gorges winding across its width, and elsewhere it rises into rugged ranges running parallel with the neighboring Blue Ridge. Such is the Piedmont Plain within the view of Monticello, and such is the province throughout its extent from New York to Alabama. Everywhere it is bounded on the southeast by the low coastward lowland, and on the northwest by the Appalachian Mountains, and everywhere it rises so high above the coastal plain that it is fitly called a plateau. This undulant upland, with its transverse riverways, its parallel ranges, and its fertile soil, is a record of unwritten history stretching far into the wordless past. Consider the rivers and the tributaries by which they are fed. Ravana River runs yellow with mud. Sometimes it is clearer, but after the great storm or the vernal freshet, it is still more heavily laden with earth matter washed in from the hills. Thus the Ravana, with its tributaries, and all the neighboring rivers of the province, are incessantly carrying the debris of the land to the sea. How much the Ravana carries has not been measured, but the burdens borne by the Mississippi and Potomac and many other rivers have been weighed, and a rate for river work has been fixed, and thus it is known that the Ravana, with its tributary mill streams and brooks and storm rills, robs the land on which its waters gather of a layer of soil of a third of an inch in average thickness during each century. This is an initial point in the reading of geographic history. He who desires to comprehend the record of the ages must realize that the land is not an indestructible thing, that the hills are not eternal, and that the streams work ever and in time to accomplish much. He must understand that since Jamestown was founded, an inch of soil or rock has been removed from every average acre about Ravana River and elsewhere throughout the Piedmont province. So the brawling brooks and turbulent rivers declare that the Piedmont hills and valleys are slowly but incessantly wasting. Consider the ways in which the waters run. Some rivers flow sluggishly in broad, flat-bottomed valleys, flanked by gentle slopes, but the Ravana and all its feeders and neighbors rush through narrow, rock-bound gorges, and on reaching the coastal plain cascade over huge boulders and rugged ledges down nearly or quite to tide-level. Now swift-flowing waters cut their channels quickly, and the fact that all the Piedmont rivers, large and small, are incessantly corroding their beds, yet are unable to carve them down to tide-level, proves that the land is lifting. This is the second of the two starting points in the reading of geographic history. He who would learn how continents come to be must realize that the earth crust is ever warping, that all lands are slowly rising or sinking in some of their parts, and that streams are living witnesses of the movement. 
for without this realization he must needs linger at the threshold of knowledge where the forefathers unwittingly loitered before geography became science and leave to others the joy of full understanding the rate of land lifting has not been measured but since even the strongest streams are unable to cut their narrow channels down to tide level the rate must be many times the mean surface waste probably the piedmont is rising about as rapidly as the adjacent lowland is sinking and this has been reckoned at two feet per century in new jersey and maybe one-third so much in virginia by reason of the land lifting the modern piedmont channels are carved sharply in the rock these channels are but the bottoms of sharp-cut gorges one hundred to three hundred feet deep the trenches of the recently defined ozarkian epoch and thus the gorges indicate that the lifting of the piedmont is not the movement of a day or millennium merely but has continued through ages so the rushing rivers and rugged riverways of the piedmont declare that the province is now and long has been rising more rapidly than the hills and valleys are wasting consider next the parallel mountain ranges monticello and the rest of carter mountain are but a ridge of hard rock scored by ravines and thinly mantled with soil and ragged mountain on the west southwest mountain on the north and all the other ranges diversifying the plateau are its counterparts the mountains are ribbed with siliceous schists or quartzites or other rocks that resist well the work of the weather the beating of storms and the cutting of streams while the rocks underlying the fertile field of the plain are softer schists easily weathered and worn away now the development of topographic forms is an evolution whose keynote is the survival of the hardest hence the piedmont ranges may be and indeed must be since no other rational explanation has ever been framed regarded as remnants of an ancient plateau whose softer portions have been swept away by the storms and streams of the ages these ranges rise five hundred to two thousand feet above the undulant plain by which they are flanked it follows that not only the vertical furlongs required to raise the present plateau to the higher crest has been borne seaward but so much more as the crests themselves may have lost it follows too that the time required for the waste of these thousands of vertical feet of rock matter at the known rate of a third of an inch in a century must have been vast too vast for ready realization so the piedmont ranges declare the antiquity of the province and testify that the modern plateau is but the foundation of a greater one in ages gone turn now to the structure of the rocks exposed in gorge and mountainside collectively these are known as the piedmont schists they are harder or softer traversed by dikes or cut by quartz veins but everywhere they are highly tilted in a trend conforming to the extension of the province yet the composition of the schists indicates that they were originally marine sediments such as are accumulated in nearly horizontal sheets on the sea bottom now sedimentary rocks are tilted and altered only by profound movements in the earth crust which at the same time produce great mountain ranges and the structure of the piedmont rocks indicates that they are the roots of a broad mountain range such is the conclusion of modern geology under this interpretation the undulant and mountain embossed plateau of the piedmont must be regarded as the basal portion of a vast mass of inclined rocks 
of which an unmeasured upper portion has been planed away no trace of the original surface appears the softer strata end in the soil and the harder strata crop out in the ranges and both point mutely to an ancient surface far above there is nothing to indicate that originally the mass may not have extended ten miles upward and the structure cannot be interpreted by geology save by assuming that its summit was at least half a mile or a mile above the highest crests of today. While the height of the ancient mountain of which the present Piedmont is the foundation may not be measured in the province, it may be determined roughly from the neighboring Appalachian province, where the sedimentary strata are corrugated as by compression from southeast to northwest into long ranges tending parallel with the provinces and where the rocks are so little altered that their thickness may be measured accurately the two provinces are closely related differing chiefly in the greater compression suffered by the piedmont rocks and frequently in the mountain province as always in the piedmont the strata expose planed edges now the planed appalachian strata are three miles or more in vertical thickness demonstrating that so much of rock matter has been carried away while the piedmont waste may have been somewhat greater or a trifle less all authorities are agreed that at least one and probably three or more vertical miles of rock matter have gone into the sea the evidence of the two provinces is corroborated by that of a third for the coastal plain to a width of some hundred miles and a depth of some thousand feet is built of sediments demonstrably derived from the lost mountains the time required for the paring down and the bearing away of this immense mass of rock at the known rate of an inch in three centuries or at any other conceivable rate is vast so vast as to tax the mind yet he who falters at accepting the facts of mass or time only confesses failure to grasp this and other problems of modern geography so the piedmont rocks attest that the province is but the foundation of a range say seventy-five miles wide and three miles high and the rivers and the rocks declare with one voice that this vast volume has been swept into the sea to build another province the story of the moving of mountains is striking colorado canyon is sometimes regarded as the world's most impressive example of the work of rain and river yet the piedmont is still more impressive for the james and potomac and susquehanna must have transversed the ancient range in gorges no less profound than the grand canyon yet the storms and tributary streams strayed not when the canyons were cut but continued consuming the canyon walls until they were gone even until the mountains were not the colorado has cut a trench the piedmont rivers have carved a province thus the fertile plain of the piedmont the transverse riverways the parallel ranges the subsoil rocks teem with history which he who tarries a little may clearly read they tell that the land is wasting into the sea at measured rate yet in the present epoch the land mass is lifting still more rapidly and they tell that the processes wrought in the past the long past whose hours are as millions of years so persistently that they moved a mountain range and lined an ocean side the soil too tells of conquest over savages and beasts of the blossoming of the wilderness at human behest of the flowering of culture and the ripening of intellect over all the fair and fertile plain wrought during the ages 
but this story of man's dominion is writ clearer in the leaves of books than in the furrows of the fields. End of section three.